something sexy. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. I'm Cat Wonders, and this is episode 47. Today, <laughs> I'm going to make a beautiful concoctail. Um, I found kind of a classic recipe for a espresso martini. And if you've never had one, I had the first espresso martini at a winery in Kelowna a few weeks back uh, because I wanted something to drink, but I needed some energy and I didn't want to go the Red Bull route. <laughs> Actually, I don't even think, I don't know like if they can legally sell Red Bull and alcohol as a drink. Can they? Uh, so anyway, we were at a winery and it was really fancy and on the menu was an espresso martini and I was like, wow, check, check. So I ordered it and I really, really liked it. And I know I just like dove right into concoctails here, but I'm kind of excited to try it out. Uh, except I'm adding a little twist. I'm adding some coconut milk. So it's going to be a coconut espresso martini. Now, there's a few things that I'm not doing. This recipe calls for simple syrup, but I'm doing just some monk fruit sugar. <laughs> if you don't know what monk fruit sugar is, it's basically sugar made from a monk fruit, <laughs> but it tastes like sugar and it's no low carb or no carb. I mean, we're gonna come up with a better name than coconut espresso martini, but I gotta make it first, see how I like it, and then we can go from there. All right, I am also sporting a beautiful red, it can be worn off the shoulder or on the shoulder. Um, I kind of like the red one on the shoulder uh, with my hair down. If I was wearing my hair up, I'd probably wear it off the shoulder e either way. Um, but it's from a company called, this one's from Hello Molly, I think. But I find that there's two websites identical. And for those of you that don't care about clothes, I'll just get, skim over this really quickly. <laughs> but, um, Unfortunate one, or sorry, for, Fortunate One and Hello Molly, if that's the name, um, are the same company, just different websites. Um, and they basically like same pricing and that kind of thing, which is kind of pointless, but whatever. Uh, but they, I have this top in many colors. I've got it in a uh, kind of a navy blue, a kind of rosy, dusty rose color, a yellow, a floral and then I've also got like a lacy one. And I've been doing a little bit of tanning, so I've got a little bit more color. And red looks good on whatever shade you are, but I don't know even know why I threw that in there. But it, okay, so, <laughs> and I got these new earrings that work perfectly. And if you're listening to this podcast, you have to go to YouTube and see the video version of this podcast, just so you can see me. <laughs> Come look at me. <laughs> um, and then you can watch me make the cocktails and all that fun stuff. There's a lot of aesthetic things happening, including a strobing light behind me. Um, I'm just gonna leave it like that. Does it bother you? Doesn't bother me. <laughs> uh, all right, so this is my little light stand. You can't see it, but uh, let's start with, oh yeah. And I'm going to be using the Lucky Bastard Vodka Espresso, sorry, Vanilla Espresso Vodka. Uh, this I just opened downstairs because I wasn't sure if it was gonna be um, sweetened, like sweet or not. So, because this original recipe called for Kahlua and I thought, I'm just gonna use this. This is like perfect. And I wanted to try it anyway. And Lucky Bastard very kindly sent this bottle to me to try out. So um, 
It's not sponsored though. They're not paying me to say anything. I'm going to give an honest review and let's just get into the cocktail. Ken cocktail. So of course we need a martini shaker full of ice. Uh, we want to do two ounces. Okay. So listen up. This recipe calls for two ounces of vodka and then one ounce of Kahlua. Why don't I just do three ounces of this? I probably won't do exactly three. Not that I'm, my measurements are exact anyway, but I don't want to get too lit. You know what I'm saying? One, two, and a half. That's probably three, but. Uh, okay, and this, by the way, smells lovely. Like, it smells milder than like a Kahlua or other espresso kind of based spirits that I've smelled, but it has a very lovely, lovely flavor. And this is actually made with, so we used Roadhouse, or sorry, Road Coffee Company's, the, okay, we used Road Coffee Company's delicious mixtape espresso blend. So this company is out of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and uh, look at how cute the label is. I love this little pinup girl that they have on there. Anyway, okay, so we're gonna do three ounces booze in. One ounce of espresso. Now this is more than one ounce, so I'm not gonna use the whole thing. And I did brew this myself, because I do want the coffee in there. God, do I have a napkin? Well, anyway, there's some sugar at least. You ever do that? Just like wipe something up and then rub it into your hand or your pants. <laughs> I'm wearing Lulu, um, what are these called? Joggers. So they're dark colored, so no one will see. Um, and then it calls for half an ounce of simple syrup, which I'm not going to do. I'm just going to add a few like teaspoons of sugar because there's already sugar in the um, espresso vodka. But who cares? Two scoops of that. If you're wondering what it looks like, like regular sugar, it's kind of like one to one. So like one teaspoon of regular sugar is equivalent to one teaspoon of this, which is nice. Nice and easy and you can use it in baking. And I made some keto French toast this morning and then I sprinkled like cinnamon and monk fruit sugar on top. Mm. Mm. So good. Uh, and then coconut milk. I'm just gonna throw this in there just because you know what? I have it in my fridge and I love coconut milk. Oh, wow. Thick boy today. And now we just have to shake it up. And you know what? Uh, the photograph had lovely little coke, um, coke, <laughs> cocoa beans, <laughs> uh, coffee beans on top for the garnish. However, I only have ground coffee in my house, not straight beans. So boohoo. And I think that's everything. Blah, 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 blah. It should be good. Here we go. I definitely don't think I'm gonna get a froth. Um, that could be due to the monk fruit sugar. Oh, it's probably due to the coconut water. The oils in the coconut milk, I mean, not water. But that's okay. It's still an espresso martini. I still have another shot or two left of the espresso. So I can make another one if I want to. All right. Do I have no accessories at all? Okay, I gotta find something. Peppermint stick? <laughs> No, <laughs> I've had this damn peppermint stick in here. You know, I, to be honest, when I bought it, I thought it was cinnamon, which 
what could work in there, but I guess I'm gonna have to use a shorty. My flamingos are the shortest. And boop. <laughs> there we go. We couldn't just leave it the way it was. Okay, let me give this a try. Delicious. I don't know how it couldn't be delicious with the lovely ingredients that I put into it. The coconut milk just really tops it off. But if you do want that froth, um, because in the photographs, it has like a layer of foam on top almost. The coconut milk, I believe, is the, the killer of that. So, I mean, I could also try to make another one. <laughs> Here I am trying to make another. <laughs> I need an excuse to make another cocktail. I need the froth, let's try it again. But anyway, like I said, it's aesthetically, if you want the froth, don't use coconut milk. But flavor-wise, I recommend using coconut milk. <sighs> oh yeah, another successful concoctail. All right, so, okay, I need, I need a bit of help. <laughs> I think you all know that by now. But anyway, what I mean is um, I need a 70s inspired outfit. I don't want it to be costumey though. I could go and find a 70s costume all day long. That's not what I'm looking for. Here's my idea. I'm thinking like a metallic, like a silvery or like a purple or so. I, I kind of think metallic is the way to go only because that screams disco to me. I'm thinking like high-waisted bell bottoms, but not jeans. And I want one of those wrap tops. You know, the ones that would come up and like crisscross around the neck or something that's almost re reminiscent of like a bikini top, but like a longer bikini top. <laughs> anyway, I know Dolls Kill sells all types of really fun retro kind of 70s type outfits, but I can't find what I'm looking for. If you have any websites that you know of that make kind of very disco-y 70s outfits, but not costumey okay not not like cheap I need to be able to wear it all night long <laughs> uh, so anyway if you have any ideas please leave in the comments down below uh, if you have a suggestion or you can email me at kittylickerpodcast at gmail.com um, that would be lovely thank you very much in advance okay so I'm gonna bring this up because this happened to me the other day again for the thousandth time in my life are you, and I don't know if this is the type of person, but are you the type of person that happens to pick the wrong grocery line every single time? Like you could go to one or the other. Both people have kind of the equal amount of stuff. Maybe the one you go behind has less stuff than the other lineup uh, to check out. It turns out that three people have gone through the lineup that you were gonna go through because there's some sort of delay for whatever reason in the lineup you chose. Okay, so I just am curious. How is it that I choose the wrong grocery lineup? Like I just, it's 50-50 chance. And this reminds me, this is actually hilarious in retrospect. When I was about in grade five or six, I think it was grade six, I did a 30 question true and false quiz. Every question was true or false. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what I got? Zero. <laughs> There, okay, I might be exaggerating. I don't think it was 30 questions, I think it was 20 questions. But I remember my teacher passing me the test and going, I think you mixed up your Fs and your Ts. <laughs> but I didn't. I just got every single one wrong. And it kind of relates to how it's a 50-50 chance when you're lining up at the grocery store. And, you know, like 
How is it? I think for me, I just happen to notice it when I choose the wrong lineup because I start to get stress sweat because I'm looking at the other people. And I'm, it's not that I'm typically in a rush, but if I am in a rush, I better have worn extra deodorant that day because I'm telling you, if I start to get delayed and I have to be patient because the person in front of me is either being an idiot or, you know, they're just taking their sweet time <laughs> and I'm kind of in a rush, I get stress sweat like never before. I start to sweat and it's just terrible. I hate it. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I think it's just that I notice, obviously, I notice it when I'm in a rush or whatever. I'm just like, gosh, darn it. Could have been checked out by now, 10 minutes ago, you know, and I'm, but I think the universe just naturally puts me behind these people because it knows that I'm not, I'm not going to freak out and lose my shit. I'm patient on the outside, but sometimes on the inside, I'm just ready to scream. <laughs> it's not typically that bad, but one time I got pulled over by the police on my way to a passport office. It was a Friday. I needed my passport by the next week. It was kind of like a weird situation. But anyway, I got pulled over and the passport office in Calgary closes at four o'clock or something. And I'm just barely going to make it there. So I'm speeding. <laughs> because I need to get to the passport office. I get pulled over immediately. I'm just pissed off, right? And I was speeding, it was my fault. I had no excuse. Officer comes up, just dilly-dallying his way up to the mirror. I got my window rolled down, I got my license out, I got everything I need. And uh, he was literally the nicest guy. And I I feel bad because I was just very like, yeah, here's my stuff and I'm like really sorry. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm on my way to the passport office and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I was a little more snappy with him. And then once he found out that I was in a rush to go, he was, I think he did put more effort into get it. Anyway, long story short, got my ticket. I don't even think I got a ticket. <laughs> I don't remember, but I don't remember what it was for, like how much money. He might've just been like, get, get, get going. I don't remember. I think cause I was so flustered cause I had to get there. I was in like fight or flight mode. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I got to the passport office. Everything went well. I got my shit done and that was that. But um, how did I get off on that tangent? Stress sweat? I don't know why I started talking about passports, whatever. Um, but this is true for other things in life too. You know, like not just grocery store lineups, um, but generally when you have a choice to go one way or the other, then you just happen to choose the wrong way. It's annoying and I'm sure a lot of you can relate. Okay, I have to say this is really creepy and I still, I've been thinking about it ever since it happened. I was sleeping, this is two nights ago, and I was awakened by, this is gonna sound crazy, but I was awakened by what felt like someone pressing down on my duvet cover, kind of like over my hip region. And I sleep on my side. So that was kind of like, I felt what, what felt like somebody pushing down four times. And I, wo I woke up and um, I think the first press, I woke up right away because what the hell is going on? And then as I was awake, the rest of the presses happened. And after the fourth press, I like waved my hand over like, because I could see that there was no one there. <laughs> so I waved my hand over, kind of be like, oh shit, I have no explanation whatsoever as to what happened. I think I had a visitor. I don't know who or what it was, but it definitely happened. I was not sleeping or dreaming. And the, cr the creepy thing is, is that I don't want to use the word creepy because it sounds a little disrespectful, but the night that my Opa passed away, this is years ago, I didn't know he'd passed away. I was in my bed and 
I felt someone sit on the end of my bed, like plop down and sit down and pull the sheets a little bit. And I flew, like flung my sheets off to look at the end of my bed because I felt it. And, uh, and I don't think I was even a hundred percent sleeping. It was kind of early on in the night and, uh, holy shit. That was the last, that was the last time that I felt. So I know it was my opus visiting me sitting on the end of my bed this time when I felt this, like somebody kind of like, almost like tucking me in. I don't know, it was weird. I freaked out because the last time it happened, my opa passed away like that night. And so I was thinking, I kind of, I was afraid to look at my phone. I didn't want to know, like I wanted to go back to sleep, but I did fully anticipate in the morning having some sort of random missed calls or text messages because I have my volume turned off at night, Um, as I'm, I'm sure most of us do. Sometimes I forget to turn it off and then I'll, I'll be awakened by like a bang, like an email notification and it's just freaking the worst. So anyway, um, I don't, I, but I've had no news of any passing away or nobody, you know, uh, I think I just had like a little visitor from, from where, I don't know, was I about to be abducted by aliens? Maybe, maybe they were too small for me to see. Maybe they were just jumping on my duvet cover, but it, this, it just felt like a one, two, three, four. What the hell? Has it ever happened to you? <laughs> Something similar? Uh, do you have any explanation? Was there some sort of, did anybody else feel that <laughs> two nights ago? Uh, which would have been, uh, yeah. Anyway, just let me know. And another thing that maybe that experience kind of triggered some more morbid type thoughts, but I started watching, it's a show on Netflix. I think it's called The Worst Neighbors or like World's Worst Neighbor. And it's a a series on Netflix and every episode covers some sort of gruesome kind of murder story. And the first episode is, and I believe it's the first episode, unless I started like somewhere down the line, but is the um, Dorothea Puente murders. Um, She was an elderly lady that murdered um, kind of more elderly, I want to use the word, um, like mentally challenged elderly people that kind of needed to be in care homes, she would take them in and befriend them and, you know, house them, sort of look after them, but she'd slowly be poisoning them. And I guess her motive was um, the checks that were rolling in from these people that were getting government checks. And, And then they'd be dead for God knows how long before it was figured out that she was collecting all these checks for quite some time. And it turns out she murdered between like nine and 15 people, but she buried them in her backyard. That blows my mind. And she looks kind of like a decrepit old lady. And apparently, strange thing too, is she was actually 20 years younger than she looked. She made herself look older and more vulnerable, dyed her hair white. Like maybe she didn't even dye it. I don't know, but she, you know, looked like a little old lady, big glasses to kind of almost have like a disguise, you know, like somebody that you'd never suspect to be a murderer. Um, so really fascinating to kind of hear the story this, this series is good because it doesn't have like reenactments that pisses me off when I'm watching a true crime murder stories. Um, and sometimes if it's ghost stories, it, you need to reenact it, right? <laughs> That's why I like watching ghost adventures because it's showing things that are actually happening. It's not like all reenactments. Holy crap. Um, 
so yeah, it's all real footage, real, you know, voice recordings, real this like footage of them taking the bodies out of the backyard and that kind of thing. And then I got thinking, like, murder, how weird and crazy would that be to like have a thought or to actually murder somebody like what kind of freaking headspace do you have to be in and I understand you got to be a psychopath a sociopath you're not thinking straight you're this or that but I just the feeling of having murdered somebody and then buried their body and to just go about your regular life you know, it's just whistle blows my mind. Um, I mean, I've been angry. <laughs> I've been pretty angry at people before, but never like ever could imagine ever murdering someone. Um, and could you <laughs> let me know in the comments down below? Um, and what else is creepy is so I've got just over half a million subscribers on YouTube. Some of my subscribers have murdered people, the statistically. And I don't know what the statistics are <laughs> um, when it comes to like one out of every hundred people will murder someone. Like, or is it thousand? Imagine if it's like one in 10 people. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah. And then the people that have gotten away with murder, but this is what I'm talking about. People that are my subscribers are not like in prison and subscribe to me on YouTube. Who knows? Maybe they are. Uh, that would be weird actually. Um, but you know, that have gotten away with it, you know, maybe one of you listening right now has gotten away with murder. Maybe you need to talk to someone about it. Shoot me an email. No, I actually don't. I don't want to get involved in this shit. That's really, that's really morbid. Um, but yeah, don't condone murder. Don't murder people. Uh, yeah. But I do recommend that series. I, I, I did watch another one too. It's, uh, but I already forgot <laughs> what it was about. It was last night. So I should remember. Um, I don't remember. But episode two. So I think that Dorothy was num like episode one, episode two. But if, if you're into that kind of thing, I definitely am. Um, and I can kind of go down the rabbit hole of that kind of shit. And I find that I go through periods where, you know, I'll be, so I used to be able to pirate ghost adventures on YouTube and then they would do all kinds of like weird things because I don't watch TV and it was on the travel channel, which I don't have like a, a television subscription anymore. So I'd have to find it online. I think the only way to watch it is if you're like subscribed. So that I don't really know if now I can, if there's an app, like a travel channel app or something that I can download so I can watch Ghost Adventures because I really want to watch it, but I the only place I could find it was YouTube. And then now they've completely wiped all pirated episodes off YouTube, which breaks my heart. Because you know what? If they were smart, they, they would put every episode out for free on YouTube. Their fan base would grow like crazy. Um, it's really not about what the network's willing to pay you because if you're on YouTube and you have all this exposure, you're going to be more popular and more successful. Because when you're on a show... The goal is to get it out to as many people as possible. But I understand how these television networks work. I know that they're threatened by YouTube big time. Nobody wants YouTube that's in the acting, producing, movie making, television show producing industry. <laughs> because uh, we're just putting quality shit out for free. 
pretty much. I mean, I am. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, off on another tangent, distracted again. Good thing I have my cocktail. This little um, flamingo keeps snagging my hair, but I kind of like it. It's kind of like I'm, I have a relationship with my cocktail. Last night, my dog started barking three in the morning and it was like a long winded bark, which I know is for a predator. So either a cougar, bears aren't up yet. Maybe like a coyote or a wolf. And wolves aren't typically around here, but can be. So he just was like, rawr, rawr, like straight bark, like not even like, rawr, 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 like rawr, running. Not like he was in pain. It wasn't like a squeal. It was definitely a bark. And then he just disappeared off into the night. He's still losing it. So there's definitely some sort of predator predator on the property. Dorothea. <laughs> no, she passed away in 2011. How do I remember that shit, but I can't remember a joke? Well, not one. Actually, I do remember one that I told last episode, I believe. Uh, but I'm not going to repeat it here because you've already heard it. Okay, I'll tell it. <laughs> it's so sick. Um, what did the cannibal do after he dumped his girlfriend? He wiped his ass. <laughs> and the only other joke I remember is... Knock, knock. Who's there? Dwayne. Dwayne who? Dwayne the tub, I'm drowning. <laughs> so now no two jokes after telling thousands. Anyway, um, okay. Now it's time for, what did I call it again? Groovy music. Music. M-E-W-S-I-C, get it? Mew. <sighs> so lame. But guess what? I kind of, I liked it the most out of all the suggestions. So... I'm going on to Epidemic Sound and we're going to play some tunes or a tune that I chose this morning. So I don't know the words and I chose one that doesn't have um, any lyrics. This is called Girl Talk by Gloria Tells and I, her voice annoys me a little bit. But I think this is a nice song. So let's play this. Hopefully you can hear my voice over my dog barking. Let's go. Oh yeah, I should warn you, the song is explicit. Together. 
making the most of my space here. That is called Girl Talk by Gloria Tells. I, it's a little bit dancey, not as relaxed as I would normally play. You know, there's a song on here that doesn't have any, any words. Let me just play it because you can hear it's a good song, just without lyrics. I want to make lyrics to this song. Maybe I will. Paper Twins. <laughs> Let me try right now. <laughs> nope. Anyway, uh, I just like the vibe. Yeah, sometimes I'll find songs on Epidemic that I like, but have no lyrics. And it's, is it weird to play music without lyrics on like a podcast <laughs> and make them up yourself? Um, but I wonder, you know, um, a lot of these people produce music, like a lot of artists on Epidemic Sound produce music in their own studios and they're doing it independently. And it's not like, it's not like you could just submit music and then they take it and use it. Like you have to kind of go and partner with these people. I'd love to do that. I'd love to go and, and offer some like audio, <laughs> offer some vocals to some songs that don't have any, and some songs don't need them, but I could come up with some pretty good lyrics. I did this with like a solo guitar and I did it like, I didn't do it actually officially. I just created lyrics to go along with. I'm good at coming up with the tune as to what this, the, the lyrics should sound like, not necessarily coming up with like poetic lyrics. And I can rhyme, but that doesn't mean you can write music. <laughs> I've learned that. Uh, I have written some of my own songs. Oh my God, this is going back like so long, but um, I have written and recorded some of my own songs, but on my own, I, I was not in like a recording studio or anything. I was really into the guitar many years ago and wrote my own music. I taught myself how to play guitar, so I don't, I don't read music. I can read tabs, but um, I didn't really ever play other people's music. I played my own, so I didn't need to read music, but uh, I also taught myself to play the piano, which happened too long ago to prove. <laughs> I feel like it's like how I've forgotten all of my French. I will sit down at a piano and just all you hear is like clicking from my fingernails on the keys because if you don't have like that's part of the reason why I don't play guitar anymore is because I have these cat nails so doesn't mean I won't get back into it because it was definitely it's good for the soul creating art creating music it's all good stuff and now I'm creating art in a different way every time I paint my face it's a new day a new art piece I'm putting out there but I think you know Shifting around, bouncing around, doing different things. 
um, when you're multi-talented. <laughs> uh, it's fun. It's just fun. I mean, you know, I mean, that's subjective for me. Um, I'm good at a few things. Not all the things that I do, but a couple of them. And excitingly, I am prepping for micro bikini season, which means May is 25 days of micro bikinis. Um, so I'm going to structure it a little differently this year. So if you don't know what that is, on Patreon for the last few years, I've done about uh, a high tier try on extravaganza, different themes about three or four times a year. And my last one was Halloween, Halloween costumes. Was it? Yeah. October? No, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, it was 25 days of lingerie for Christmas. So December 1st to the 25th, I put one video out per day of me trying on a different outfit. And for 25 days of lingerie, of course, it was lingerie and then lots of other accessories. Uh, so the next one coming up is 25 days of micro bikinis. And you guys, my bin of micro bikinis is so big, but I, I keep ordering brand new ones every year. Uh, just so that, it, you know, keep it fresh, right? <laughs> I don't want to wear a micro bikini I've worn once before. Don't you know who I am? Cat wonders, man. I only wear new swimsuits. <laughs> so conceited, but it's true. <clears throat> just because I like, I don't want to, I don't want to like show something I've already showed, right? I want to show new shit. So I ordered a bunch of new micro bikinis for May and... I'm excited. But like I said, this year, it will still be structured the same on Patreon. I might be doing something different on OnlyFans, though. So I have to sort of figure some things out. But don't worry. It will be the same as it's always been, but better and newer and funner and hotter and sexier and all those things. <laughs> Every year, I just ramp it up a little bit more. Ramp it up. Go a little smaller. You know, micro. There's also mini micros, there's extreme micros. I'm just gonna have some fun with it. And of course, it's not just micro bikinis. Usually I'm starting off with some sort of wild outfit and then revealing the micro bikini uh, that's hiding underneath. So anyway, <laughs> there'll be lots of notice though before this happens, so you won't miss out on any of that fun stuff. And also I want, so I ordered a bunch of uh, micro bikinis from SNS bikinis. Um, they have a ton of different styles there and their stuff fits me really well. But I'm curious if you know of a website besides Wicked Weasel, um, because I have a lot of their stuff coming too. Um, there's BNR, but I have a lot of their so they They've only come up with like four new prints in the last few years. So like, But any websites that you can recommend that sell micro bikinis, and I mean like little micro bikinis, not micro is subjective to different people. Micro in my book is like a little triangle, <laughs> a little triangle, a little tri like three little triangles, maybe like three square inches of fabric. Uh, so anyway, just FYI, that's going to be happening. And we're doing pretty decent for time. Now it's time for a segment that I like to call Cat Facts. Still no intro? It's coming. One day. Uh, okay, so I don't know if you guys are interested in ancient Egypt, but I, I, it comes up uh, in a lot of conversations and like podcasts and things like it's always brought up. And I thought, well, let's find out some facts you may not know about the ancient Egyptians, because 
it is the foundation of civilization or part of it back in the day. And um, there's just some interesting things to know. <sighs> Pretty much I'm running out of ideas, okay? <laughs> I've done facts about space, facts about the ocean, facts about, what was the last one I did themed? Oh, the eyes. Give me some ideas, okay? <laughs> I'm just rolling on fumes here. But anyway, okay, it's fine. This is gonna be f interesting and it's gonna be educational and you're gonna learn something you didn't know. Cleopatra was not an Egyptian. Along with King Tut, perhaps no figure is more famously associated with ancient, e ancient Egypt than Cleopatra. It says Cleopatra the seventh, which is V11, right? <laughs> but while she was born in Alexandria, Cleopatra was actually part of a long line of Greek Macedonians originally descended from Ptolemy I, one of Alexander the Great's most trusted lieutenants. The Ptolemaic dynasty ruled Egypt from 323 to 30 BC, and most of its leaders remained largely Greek in their culture and sensibilities. In fact, Cleopatra was famous for being one of the first members of the Ptolema Ptolemaic dynasty to actually speak the Egyptian language. So Cleopatra was not Egyptian. <laughs> Oh, that is like, ever since I was a kid, walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> was that something they actually did back then? I think we've all met as kids. I'm not gonna read all these facts because some of them are not that interesting. Like this one, the ancient Egyptians forged one of the earliest peace treaties on record. I don't care, that's not fun to me. Ancient Egyptians loved board games. Pfft, I'm bored already. Egyptian women had a wide range of rights and freedoms. That's awesome, but I don't really care. <laughs> Egyptian workers were known to organize labor strikes. So imagine back in the day. This is kind of interesting because it's sort of reminiscent as to what's going on these days. Even though they regarded the Pharaoh as a kind of living God, Egyptian workers were not afraid to protest for better working conditions. The most famous example came in the 12th century BC during the reign of the new kingdom Pharaoh Ramses III when laborers engaged in building the royal necropolis at Deir el Medina did not receive their usual payment of grain, they organized one of the first recorded strikes in history. The protest took the form of a sit-in. The workers simply entered nearby mortuary temples and refused to leave until their grievances were heard. The gamble worked and the laborers were eventually given their overdue rations. So even back then, the people were not afraid to go up against their leaders. Okay, Egyptian pharaohs were often overweight. Interesting, because the way they're depicted in like movies and like the movie The Mummy and stuff, they're always kind of lean and they look like kind of Greek gods, in my mind. Egyptian art commonly depicts pharaohs as being trim and statuesque, but this was most likely not the case. The, Egypt the Egyptian diet of beer, wine, bread, and honey was high in sugar, and studies show that it may have done a number on royal waistlines. Examinations of mummies have indicated that many Egyptian rulers were unhealthy and overweight and even suffered from diabetes. A notable example of the legendary queen Hatshepsut, H-A-T-S-H-E-P-S-U-T, Hatshepsut, who lived in the 15th century BC while her sarcophagus depicts her as, a slender and as slender and athletic, historians believe she was actually obese and balding. <laughs> Wow, Jesus, can you please make my sarcophagus um, 
10 pounds lighter. Oh, make it 100 pounds lighter. <laughs> and give me a big head of hair, would you? Okay, the pyramids were not built by slaves. The life of a pyramid builder certainly wasn't easy. Skeletons of workers commonly showed signs of arthritis and other, and other ailments, but evidence suggests that the massive tombs were built not by slaves, but by paid laborers. These ancient construction workers were a mix of skilled artisans and temporary hands, and some appear to have taken great pride in their craft. Graffiti found uh, near the monuments suggests that they often assigned humorous names to their crews, like drunkards of Mechanur, <laughs> let me try that again, Drunker, drunkards of Menkaur, uh, or friends of Khufu. <laughs> The idea that slaves built the pyramids at the crack of a whip was first conjured by the Greek historian Herodotus, Herodotus in the 5th century BC. But most historians now dismiss this as a myth. While the ancient Egyptians were certainly not adverse for keeping slaves, they appear to have mostly used them as field hands and domestic servants. Okay, this one got me. <laughs> King Tut may have been killed by a hippopotamus. All right. Surprisingly, little is known about the life of the boy pharaoh Tutankhamun. Um, I believe that's just, that's a long version of Tut. <laughs> but some historians believe they know how he died. Scans of the young king's body show that he was embalmed without his heart or his chest wall. The drastic departure from traditional uh, Egyptian burial practice suggests that he may have suffered a horrific injury prior to his death. According to a handful of Egyptologists, one of the most likely causes for this wound would have been a bite from a hippopotamus. Or like a rock falling on him. <laughs> Hello? They're building pyramids. Evidence indicates... <laughs> Sorry, so rude. Uh, evidence indicates that the Egyptians hunted the beasts for sport. Okay, that makes more sense now. And the statues found in King Tut's tomb even depict him in the act of throwing a harpoon. If the boy pharaoh was indeed fond of stalking dangerous game, then his death might have been the result of a, a hunt gone wrong. All right, hippopotamus. That would suck. Those things are scary as hell. Like, that's like a dinosaur, man. Uh, this one's not so interesting. Okay, fine. Some Egyptian doctors had specialized fields of study, which I would assume that one doctor is good for fixing wounds and one doctor is good for removing knots from your back. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. An ancient physician was usually a jack of all trades, but evidence shows that Egyptian doctors sometimes focused on healing only one part of the human body. This early form of medical specialization was first noted in 450 BC by the traveler and historian Herodotus. Discussing Egyptian medicine, he wrote, each physician is a healer of one disease and no more. Some of the eye, some of the teeth, some of what pertains to the belly. These specialists even had specific names. Dentists were known as doctors of the tooth, while the term for proctologist literally translated to shepherd of the anus. <laughs> I didn't pre-read this. That caught me off guard. That's funny. <laughs> shepherd of the anus. Whatever works. Okay, Egyptians kept many animals as pets. I think that this makes sense to a lot of us. The G Egyptians saw animals as incarnations of the gods that were uh, and were one of the first civilizations to keep household pets. Egyptians were particularly fond of cats, which were associated with the goddess Bastet, but they also had a reverence for hawks, 
Ibis? Okay, this is how it's spelled. I-B-I-S-E-S. Ibises? Is that like a an ungulate? <laughs> Dogs, lions, and baboons. Many of these animals held a special place in the Egyptian home, and they were often mummified and buried with their owners after they died. Other creatures were specifically trained to work as helper animals. Egyptian police officers, for example, were known to use dogs and even train monkeys to assist them when out on patrol. That would be freaking terrifying. Could you imagine a freaking ape coming at you? Like not a, I mean, German shepherds are terrifying enough, but monkeys, they're going to get you. They're going to rip your limbs off. Okay. I mean, a German shepherd could do a lot of damage too, but that would be the way. You know what? If the police force started to recruit and train baboons, everybody would obey the law. <laughs> Everyone. Oh my god, I feel I find um, apes, monkeys, just completely terrifying. Like an orangutan, and they're cute, right? They're just hanging out, literally, and you know they're with their trainers. And then there's like small children in the room, and then they're the small children are like hugging the orangutan, and I'm just like, I get it, but in a second, you know, I don't know if it's like uh, the wrong hand gesture, and they read that as something, and then they start ripping your arms and legs off. <laughs> Anyway, I know I'm, I sound really dumb, but the truth is, is I do have like this, this fear of apes. Um, Egyptians of both sexes wore makeup. Not very interesting. And that was the last fact. Well, I guess that concludes cat facts. I hope that you learned something and found that segment interesting. If you have certain topics you'd like to learn more about, <laughs> what is my channel turning into? Um, or just like facts about certain topics that you know it'd be fun i'm gonna write it down to do like evidence like actual evidence of the paranormal how who predicted that i was gonna say that so i have seen every single video online of every single haunting caught on film camera you name it but there's got to be some scientific facts like Stuff that is captured or stuff that is recorded that is not explainable. I'd be curious to find like the top 10 paranormal, like proof of the paranormal, which is arguable. But let's just leave it at that. That'll be next episode. Okay, so exciting news. I, okay, <laughs> I paid for fast shipping for my um, new metal detector. It's coming from within Canada. So it's not coming from the States or anywhere else. It's coming from Toronto. For some reason, it's delayed because of natural disaster. I don't know what the hell is going on. I live in this country. I haven't heard of any natural disasters of recent. I know there's like maybe some flooding and stuff like that. So I think that's that might be what it means. Maybe they just write that when the highway's closed. Natural disaster. I don't know. So sitting in Kamloops and I'm tempted to go drive and pick this freaking thing up because um, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and I want to practice and practice and practice before I go to Europe. Now, I have friends that live in Europe, in Germany and Holland and other places. And I have been talking to them about like getting permissions for detecting certain areas. I do have some certain areas in mind, but I have a couple places, uh, a couple people anyway, that are lining that up. And I'm so excited. I can't even talk about it. I'm so excited. I've been watching a YouTube channel and uh, it's a guy that goes detecting in Europe and the stuff that he finds. And I understand. I mean, I I fully understand that I could find absolutely nothing, like a pull tab, 
and I dig six feet to get it and then I just am exhausted and the day's over. <laughs> but the universe is kind to me sometimes and like gifts me little things and um, I'm excited to see what's in store and almost nervous because there's so much history there, right? Like you just don't know what the hell you're going to find. Uh, it's like deep sea fishing. You're way down there. Something's on the end of your line. It's the ocean. What is it? You don't know until you see it. Right. That's super exciting. So anyway, I hope that this thing gets moving because I keep watching it on, on the tracking. I'm like, all right, it's still sitting there. I feel like when it's closer, because I think it's being shipped by, what's the company? Purolator. I think sometimes you can request pickup. So like stop it where it is and then you can go pick it up. I don't really know what's going to happen. We'll see. Um, but I'm definitely going to update you guys when it gets here and maybe I'll even show it to you as I'm polishing it, you know, getting it all ready. All right, well, you know what, guys? I'm gonna use up the rest of this espresso if I can get this open. That's always my issue. But somebody was like, just tap it on the side, you idiot. I was like, oh, that does kind of work. Espresso. Probably a mistake, but you know me. I'm super high energy as it is. Add some espresso to the mix. Woo! Okay, this time I'm not gonna use coconut milk. I'm going to do this gonna do like a splash nothing crazy maybe one shot I'm not gonna add oh yeah I have to because I find the coconut milk kind of like cuts the bitterness of the espresso because I I always drink my coffee with uh just cream I don't use sugar the cream obviously cuts the bitterness of the coffee uh what, what am I missing I feel like I'm missing something nope let's see if this foams up though there might be too much coconut milk left over in there for it to foam but we'll see There's definitely a bit more head this time, but I think it's still, <clears throat> still a little bit of oil left in there from that coconut milk. That's stopping it from getting really fancy, fancy foamy. But there we go, there's some there. It definitely is the coconut milk though. Ooh, so good. And you know what? This espresso, vanilla espresso vodka. You know what, this just over ice, and like put a little bit of like cream actually in it. It's so good, tastes delicious. Thank you again to Lucky Bastard Distillers out of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Also, I believe if you go to www.luckybastard.ca and uh, check out with code Kitty Liquor, then you will receive 15% off your purchase. And how often do you get discounts on your booths? I didn't think so. So make sure you check them out. They have a, a vast array of stuff that they make. Um, last couple episodes ago, I made the uh, lime coconut. They have a lime coconut vodka, so good. Made an excellent cocktail. So check them out. All their information will be linked down below as well. And uh, yeah, you never know, you might see something you like. This highly recommend also the coconut lime vodka, which is right here. <coughs> so delish. It's <laughs> so delish, <laughs> so annoying, um, but excellent, excellent, and um, highly recommend both of them. So yeah, 15% off. Uh, I'm not getting a cut or anything, just so you know, I'm not sponsored to say this, just helping them out. My little local Canadian, I shouldn't say local Canadian, they're kind of, they're far away from me, but Canadian distillery and 15% uh, off. So code Kitty Liquor. And the segment you've all been waiting for, Kitty Twisters. All right, all right. 
So these are sick jokes, just warning you. Some of these I've read before as well. <laughs> if you have any good jokes, let me know. <laughs> Two fish swim into a wall. One turns to the other and says, damn. <laughs> Love is like a machine. Sometimes you need a good screw to fix it. True. Can you please tell your tits to stop looking in my eyes? <laughs> I have heard that one before in real life. A woman is having a hard time getting her tomatoes to ripen, so she goes to her neighbor, her neighbor with her problem. The neighbor says, all you have to do is go out at midnight and dance around in the garden naked for a few minutes and the tomatoes will become so embarrassed, they'll blush and turn bright red. The woman goes out at midnight and dances around her garden naked for a few minutes. The next morning, the neighbor comes over to the woman's house and asks the woman if her tomatoes have turned red. The woman says, no, they're still green, but I noticed my cucumbers grew four inches. <laughs> I, okay, when I first started reading this joke, I thought for sure it was going to be like the neighbor in the binoc like with binoculars at midnight. But that's, it just took a different turn. This one's pretty dumb, but whatever. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop like buffering these jokes because some of you may find them like really funny. A penguin takes his car to the shop uh, and the mechanic says it'll take about an hour for him to diagnose it. While he waits, the penguin goes to an ice cream shop and orders a big sundae to pass the time. The penguin isn't the neatest eater, and he ends up with he ends up covered in melted ice cream. When he returns to the shop, the mechanic takes one look at him and says, Ah, oh, looks like you blew a seal. No, the penguin says, it's just ice cream. <laughs> An old married couple are in church one Sunday when the woman turns to her husband and says, I've just let out a really long silent fart. What should I do? The husband turned to her and said, Replace the battery in your hearing aid! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Replace the battery in your hearing aid! <laughs> A guy is sitting in the doctor's office. And the doctor walks in and says, I have some bad news. I'm afraid you're going to have to stop masturbating. The patient says, Why? Because, the doctor says, I'm trying to examine you. <laughs> And that concludes Kitty Twisters. I'm dancing because I used to have a music, <laughs> a music um, intro and outro to Catfacts and Kitty Twisters, but it's coming, I swear. I just have been doing lots of other things, so sorry. All right, you guys, that is it. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It was so fun to make. Uh, this was really fun to drink and make. And if you have any questions, suggestions, jokes, ideas, please email me at kittylickerpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can also leave ideas in the comments down below. I read all your comments. And I also have a free OnlyFans and Patreon. You can click my Linktree link down below in the description box. I will also be putting the recipe uh, for the coconut espresso martini that I was going to rename. I think it would take me 15 minutes or so. And we're out of time. <laughs> Coconut espresso martini. Coconut espresso meowtini. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, and all of Lucky Bastard's uh, links and stuff will be down below in the description box as well. And uh, don't forget 15% off with code kittylicker at luckybastard.ca, right? Anyway, it'll be down below. And all of my other links are in the Linktree link. Just click that and you can go anywhere your little heart desires. 
All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into episode 47 of Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. And I'll see you all in my next video.